unlocking the power of prayer in our life. Um, this is so important that every believer learn to pray and establish a regular, sincere prayer life with God. Oh, open, if you have your Bible with you or you have an electronic device, um, to James 5.16. We will have it up on the screen. I would encourage you, if you come to church, to bring a Bible with you. Amen. Um, we're going to have something available soon. If you're a note taker, I would encourage you to write down things that the Holy Spirit says to you when you hear the Word of God. I was just looking through one of my little journals um, that I keep just off and on. I, I don't really journal regularly, but I do keep something handy for when I'm listening to something and I might grab it or a podcast and think, that was so good. And I was just going through some things this week, looking back over and thought, I would never have remembered that the Holy Spirit told me these valuable mm -hmm. uh, little treasure, you know, insights about who he is if I hadn't written them down. And so I we would encourage you to learn to take notes and, and underline things in your Bible and yes. make it personal to you. And so uh, are you in James 5.16, it says this, the earnest, and this is the Amplified Translation, it says the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. I'm going to read that again. Mm. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. It's dynamic and it's working. Let's just stop and pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to help us this morning. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we offer you this time. We set apart this time to hear your voice, to fellowship with you around your word, to learn truth. And so we ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us. You are the teacher and the guide. You dwell on the inside of every believer. We ask you to take us deeper into the knowledge of the truth. Help us to understand a prayer and a simple fellowship with you and the very power of it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And so James 5, 16 tells us that, you know, you're sincere. That earnest just simply means you are sincere with God. You have faith. Faith-filled prayers will generate Tremendous power in your life, power to change everything. I mean, truly, everything. Right. Circumstances change destinies. Uh, Amen. It brings salvation to people. Uh, power to change broken hearts, heal broken hearts. Mm -hmm. Power to heal broken bodies. So prayer you know, not only has the power to change outward things, and it does change outward things in our lives and circumstances in people's hearts, but as you pray, what I have found, the more that I pray, the more it starts to change my own heart. Have you noticed that? You start to go move from this place of self-sufficiency. Like, I think we all start out like this even in Christ, you know, well, I, because we're so used to doing everything in our own strength. I can do this. I can think through this. I can reason through this. I can make this happen. I'm smart enough <laughs> until things don't happen the way you think. <laughs> and just like what Mary was, was saying during worship, you know, you have times of waiting and wondering and, and you're trying this and you're trying that. And I have found that it brings me to, it has brought me to a deeper place of surrender just a deeper place of love for God, love for trust in his word, surrender to his word, dependency upon him to believe that as I am looking inside of his word, 
I am surrendering to his timing, his way, his will for my life. And that's what he's after yes. in prayer. Prayer isn't just about getting everything answered the way we want it answered. It's praying according to the will of God. And then bringing us into this fellowship where we're okay with the timing. We're okay with the way he brings it to pass, to bring his will to pass. Mm -hmm. And so every believer, every believer can learn to have and really needs to develop a sincere prayer life with God, a fellowship with God, a talking to God around his word. And uh, the truth of the matter is God is working out. God the Father is working out his plan his purpose and plan for the earth according to his established will. He already has an established will and purpose for the earth. If you just read Ephesians chapter 1, you might read that later. And notice how many times he talks about his will and purpose mm -hmm. that he's now revealed it. It was a mystery, but now it's been revealed in Christ. And it has to do with his plan for eternity, but it also has to do with his plan and will for us right now here in the earth. And so he does not work out his will sovereignly. I think this is the most amazing thing when you think about God and who he is. The sovereign, you know, majestic, all-knowing God, omnipotent God. He actually does not work out his will and his plan for the earth and for your life just sovereignly. Like, well, I gave my life to Christ. Now the will of God is just going to open up into my life. It won't open up into your life. Because he's, he wants us to partner with him. Right. We are partnering with him in prayer to bring his will to pass. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we shared that quote by uh, John Wesley that said, it seems, I'm going to read it, it's not up on the screen, but the quote was, it seems God is limited by our prayer life, that he can do nothing for humanity except someone prays and asks him. Right. And so he's looking for our cooperation to pray his will over our life, we get his will from his, from his word and we pray his will into the earth. And so prayer is fellowshipping with God from our own heart, you know, with the heart of God. We are partnering with him. Think of the privilege of that, mm -hmm. to bring his will to pass in the earth. It's a pretty amazing thing that he would use weak, right. <laughs> broken people <laughs> and say, I'm going, he limits himself in that way, mm -hmm. because the church is the one who's going to display his glory and power, it says, to the, to the heavenly realms. Right. And so we are to be praying God, God's will for our lives. Like God wants to pray. We've been looking at the, the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, Lord. I want your will to be done on earth yes. as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. What does he mean by that? Your kingdom come. Look at Luke 12, 32. Love this scripture. Jesus says this. He says, do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Mm. Ah, that's an amazing truth. God has given us his kingdom. I mean, the, see, the message of salvation, we, call the, we often think of the gospel as the message of salvation, and it is. But it is not just about the forgiveness of our sin and then we receive eternal life and it's like this ticket to heaven. Now we, we have it made. Come on. Because Jesus often referred to it as the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. 
And the gospel of the kingdom gives us this much broader picture of what God is doing in the earth, his yes. plan and his will for the earth, for people, for all eternity. It's a broad view picture when you think about the gospel of the kingdom because it's, a, it's about Jesus' second coming. We right. just sang that song, Even So Come. It's about Jesus' second coming. He is coming back for his church. And he's going to set up a literal kingdom here on this earth for a thousand years where he will rule and reign. And he's going to, he, it's going to happen after the great tribulation. He's coming back. And he's going to put down all lawlessness right. and all unrighteousness and rule with justice. It's like the song said, there will be justice and all will be new. Yes. And we wait for that day. But he's made us a part of, of the outworking of that right now. We aren't just to be here saying, well, I'm just waiting to go to heaven. Now is when we pray yes. his will. Because believers are, need to be persevering to the end. Because it, scripture says in the gospel of the kingdom, mm -hmm. believers will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and receive rewards or even loss of rewards. And it all has to do with ruling and reigning with him for eternity, really. And what we know of the next thousand years after he comes back. Yes. So do you see the broader picture? Don't just think of your salvation experience as what I'm just doing here in the earth with it now. Bless me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Here, He wants our eyes to be bigger than that. We are involved in a gospel of the kingdom, praying, your kingdom come, your will be done. And so there's a visible kingdom coming but in, John, or in Luke 17, Jesus said, but the kingdom now of God is within you. Now we don't see it, but we can. It's been revealed to us yes. by faith because we're born of God's spirit. We have an understanding of the kingdom of God within us, especially when we read the word of God. Amen. And so God has put, just think about the tremendous divine power within you. And you're, you're an earthen vessel, like Scripture says, this treasure he's put in an earthen vessel. So you're not just a mere human being. There you go. And you are in, in the earth for such a time as this to help bring forth his will. You know, in, in, in uh, Scripture, it, he's, keys are really important to understand the spiritual meaning behind a yeah, key. To, yeah. To unlock uh, the power of it. That's yes. correct. You have to unlock the power. You have to use the key. And he's given the church the keys. And a key in scripture is a sign of authority. It's giving us authority. God has given us authority. Jesus said in Revelations 1, he says that he has the keys of death and hell. He has the keys of death and hell. Yeah. And then it says here that he has the key of David. The door I open, no man can shut. The door I close, no man can open. Key, a key is designating to us that you and I have spiritual authority. Yes. This is important for us to understand. It is the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. It's a huge responsibility. We've got to understand it so we take our rightful place as followers of Jesus Christ. When, when Jesus ascended back to heaven, he says, uh, he's given his church authority. He said, all power, all authority has been given to me, therefore you go. He's just transferred that authority over to the church. Yeah. 
And this is in Matthew chapter 16. This is just amazing. Jesus is talking to the church. He's talking to believers here. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on the earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's a remarkable statement. I think we don't get the, the whole gist of it. This is why you and I have to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us. When we're reading the scripture, and if you're not reading the scripture, you can never take your place that God has for you. And Pastor Mamie talked about a loss of reward. That's what's going to happen. It should fear you. It should cause you fear. It should cause you fear because a lot of things that are happening in your life are not God's will for your life. And when we know God's will for our life, then we can do the things that God has asked us to do, just like what we sang today. Standing firm. Not allowing our feelings to take over. We give up on faith because, oh, this is too hard, or this feels this way, or I don't seem God. You know, this is... We have to be soldiers in God's army. This is what he's called us to do. Yes, we're his children. We're the lambs that are following the good shepherd. But he's also called us children of the adult children of God. That means you have a responsibility to take over. And this is what he says. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Look at this close. Who's doing the binding? Yeah, you are. You are. Who's doing the loosing? We like to throw it off on God. We like to, it didn't work out in my life, so I'm blaming God. That's what Adam did. He got us in this whole mess anyhow. (laughs) Not that we would have ever done that. (laughs) Right, because Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. If it was you, if it was me, we would have done the same thing. We would have been... Do you know that you have the authority to bind the devil from attacking your family? We have a treasure. Where's the kingdom of heaven? It's within you. So you're having a war inside of you. What do you need to be doing? You need to be binding and loosing. We need to be loosing the angelic forces to come and fight with you and for you. Amen? Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you do it, it's our responsibility, folks. Our responsibility. It's time for the church to rise up and take its place. Because we've been squashed. We've been thrown aside. We've been beat up and thrown to the curb. All the while, you have more power than the devil. Look what it says here, Luke chapter 10. This, this, this should be underlined in your Bible, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. This is the, the Amplified is, is, well, if you have a, an electronic Bible, you can get all sorts of different uh, translations. And I, I, I highly recommend an Amplified Bible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. <laughs> Luke 10, 19. It says this, Jesus is speaking to the church. He says, behold. Behold means look and see. Look here. 
He says, behold, I've given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power the enemy possesses. Nothing shall in any way harm you. I'll give you a clue. This just doesn't happen, folks. Just because Jesus said it doesn't happen. Now, when you add your faith to it, and you exercise the authority that he's given to you, now you're starting to make progress. Now you're starting to make progress. See, now you could see how prayer then, according to God's word, releases his power. It's the primary way that he releases his power and authority, through his people. Through his people, in prayer. In prayer. Yes. Sometimes we forget that. He needs our fellowship in prayer, our connecting hearts with his heart to believe. Yes. And so, you know, we began to look at the Lord's Prayer uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, and, and when the disciples asked the Lord, teach us to pray. And then I think everybody <clears throat> is familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Even if you haven't been to church much, I mean, most people have heard the Lord's Prayer somewhere along mm-hmm. the way. It's been repeated so much. And I think that's part of what where it loses its significance because Jesus didn't just give those 72 or so words and just say, just repeat these over and over and over and over <laughs> right. again, just from memory, because we can all do it from memory. I share like I grew up Catholic and I, we prayed the Lord's Prayer a lot, especially after you made your confession and then you had to say sometimes 10, 10 Lord's Prayers. And, you know, as a kid or a, you know, you're young, you're like hurrying up through it. Our Father Warren never held me in the name of the kingdom. You're not really thinking about your praying. You're doing it sort of as a duty. It's like I did my penance, now I can go. But the Lord's Prayer has uh, priorities in it. It's really what Jesus was teaching. He wasn't saying just always say these 72 words. He was saying look at the priorities that these 72 words contain. And then this is how we approach God. This is how we pray. Right, there's six priorities in the Lord's Prayer. And the first ones are about God's supremacy and his preeminence. And it's about his name his kingdom, and his will. And let's take a look at it. Six, Matthew 6, verse 9. Jesus is saying, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those are the priorities, the first three priorities. The name of the Father, his kingdom, his will to be done. The next three priorities about us and about our personal needs. And it starts off in verse 11. It says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive, those, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. It starts off... Our Father, Jesus, Son of the living God, says, Our Father. What kind of implication is that for you? Our Father, my Father, mine. You got to own these things personally, or they'll just fly out the window, and the devil will be happy about it because you didn't make that connection. You have to have faith in believing these things. Our Father. Our Father, our Father who art in heaven. You know, a lot of people had bad dads. So it's not your earthly father. It's our Father who's in heaven. 
And we've got to know who he is. He's adopted all believers. You're adopted. You're adopted. And you know adoption's a choice? It wasn't like, you know, in elementary school, you're picking teams, and then all of a sudden the last kid is picked. Well, you got a young eye team. <laughs> this was his choice to adopt you personally. It's the blood of Christ that made us one with God the Father, with Jesus Christ himself. He's adopted all of us. This is remarkable, really is remarkable. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11 says this, For both he who sanctifies, that's Jesus, he sanctified us, he sanctified us, he is sanctifying us, and we will be sanctified. It's an ongoing process. He who sanctified us, making men holy, and those who are sanctified all have one Father. And for this reason, he's not ashamed to call us brethren. You know, we've all made boneheaded moves. Thank you, men. I knew you would be the first to answer. (laughs) But he's not ashamed to call us brothers. He's not ashamed to call us sisters. He's not ashamed of that. It's remarkable. It is remarkable. It's remarkable that Jesus would say, our Father. Yes. So he's standing there. He's like, he meaning himself with the disciples, with us. Now let's all pray together. Our Father. So he's, we're unified with him by his yes. blood. That he would, to think that he would take weak, again, you know, just broken human <clears throat> beings. I mean, to the world, you might not look like much. In your own mind, you might not feel like much. You might have not have been born into the best of families. But when you think about how you've been adopted yes. into God's family, God, our Heavenly Father's family, and Jesus calls you a brother or sister? Yes. What? That takes some time to meditate on. We can't just let that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, that means a tremendous amount. I mean, that should just put confidence in your heart. Yes. Right? A smile on your face. Like, look who my father is. You're royal. It's like a little spring in your step. Like, hey, you know, life is not so bad. When I think about life from that perspective. Name drop. And I think that's partly why when... That's right. (laughs) Jesus is my brother. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when Jesus is saying, like, our father who is in heaven, Mm -hmm. holy is your name, our father. He's like, start there. Yes. The first priority is get your mind and your eyes off of yourself. Because don't we all just, you know, it's so easy everyday life. You know, we often rush into prayer. Oh, I have this problem. Lord, help me with my job. Help me with this relationship. Help me with this circumstance, my health. Whatever it might be. But he's saying, wait, stop. Get the right perspective. Our Father. Yes. Who is in heaven. Think of who you're coming to. Think of who you've been made to be, even what we just shared. By the blood of Jesus, I'm one with him. He's my brother. God is my father. I mean, when you get your eyes on the bigger picture of who God is, it stirs your heart. The perspective is already better right there. You're already feeling a little bit better about things. Come on. It's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait a minute. I am not fighting this alone. I'm not dealing with my issue alone. Amen. You know, I'm coming to my heavenly father and everything looks better with a heavenly viewpoint. Come on. (laughs) You know, when we're down here, it's just like, oh, where are we going to go? It's, 
it's narrow tunnel vision, but when it's up high, heavenly viewpoint, it's like, whoa, this is where you begin to see all things are possible to him who believes. And then God welcomes us. So when we think about our Father in heaven, I mean, he's really not like us because we have to have the right view of God. The foundation like to a strong, effective prayer life is having a, a right view yes. of God as our heavenly father and what that means. I mean, the fact that he's our father in heaven isn't just like some location. He's in heaven and I'm here on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> heaven is like a reflection of his all-glorious transcendent nature. He's in heaven. He's infinitely beautiful, wonderful, perfect, holy, righteous. He transcends everything. He's not like us. We looked at that scripture last week where he said in Isaiah, my ways and right. thoughts are so much higher than your ways and thoughts. So he's big and he's powerful and yet he's personal. Yes. This is the beauty of it. He's our father. He has tender love and concern for his spiritual children. And so Jesus, when he's praying, our father who, who art in heaven, holy is your name. He's revealing God. You know, our Father in heaven is majestic, transcendent, mm. infinitely beautiful, powerful, omniscient, but also our Father, deeply personal, caring about your life, little you here on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not just one or the other. You know, we are to give him honor in our heart as we approach him in both ways and remember him mm-hmm. both ways. Yes. In our heart, we need a recognition of, you know, his sovereignty as king. We are approaching the king, the almighty one, the all-sufficient one, the sovereign one, the holy one in heaven. And yet, he is, I say it again, he's a father who loves, tenderly loves, and has made a plan and a way for us to be adopted as his children into our family. So we, can't, we don't want one or the other. We want yes. both recognitions of him yes. in our heart. You know, as a father who loves us and as a father who, who desires to guide us and teach us and even discipline us if necessary. That's right. Which we all need that. Read Hebrews chapter 12 and you'll see that he is a father, a heavenly father who does discipline us for our certain good, it says. Yes. But see, all too often I think that in the pulpits in America, especially the last 25 or 30 years, we've preached mainly about the love of God, the love of God. God loves you. God loves you. He's for you. And he is. He does. It's true. But sometimes if we leave out that transcendent, almighty, <laughs> glorious one, <laughs> not like us, really. He's, he's made us. We are made in his image, but we are not God, capital G, <laughs> And we need to remember that it's not just the tender, loving Father, but we also want to tremble kind of at yes. His gloriousness. Do we do that? Do we, do we meditate on Him, like His majesty and His awesome power? Because if we don't, and we just center in on, well, He loves me, and He's for me, and He accepts me, we lose the fear of the Lord. And we make God into some, like, just fun, loving, familiar buddy of ours. You know, he's, he's good with me, and I'm good with him. <laughs> kind of leaves at my sin. And, yeah. and all those views really are based on bad and shallow theology. Poor theology. And just 
poor theology and not enough scriptural knowledge of the fullness of God's nature. Yeah, come on. The fullness of who we really are in Christ, what he's done for us. And, the, so the, and really, the knowledge of the fear of the Lord has to rise up again in the church. Right. To bring his power back. And the truth, here's what Tozer said in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy. He, he declares in this book that a low view of God has been the biggest problem in the church in every generation. Yeah. A low view of God. A low view. What does he mean by a low view of God? We bring God down to earth in this earthly level, you know. It's because we don't spend enough time reading the Word. We don't understand. We just like to highlight the beautiful things in here. Oh, yes, here's my, here's my ticket to heaven. Here's my greatness. Here's my blessing. Here's, yep, everything is coming my way. <laughs> and then what have we done? We made God into our image, yeah. into our likeness. Whatever we're comfortable with, this is how God really is because I'm his favorite. And then you hear this, oh, we all have issues. God understands. Oh, I heard that so many times, it's aggravating. Yeah, God understands because you chose sin instead of righteousness. That's what he understands. You know, <laughs> we're all human. He's good. He's merciful. He'll forgive me. Well, he will. But yet, you know what? He's not going to agree with the sin that you allow in your life. And this low view of God allows no fear of God. No fear of him. And it's important that we fear God. And honestly, if you judge yourself, I mean, you, you, you maybe you even admit that I, in my heart, I really don't have any fear of God. Yes, you should. <laughs> or you might be saying, you know, you know, I'm rarely convicted by the Holy Spirit. The Bible declares that those he loves, he disciplines. And if you haven't been disciplined or corrected by God in a while, you better check up on yourself. Because we all need, like Pastor Mamie said, we all need correction. Sometimes one minute after the other. <laughs> I'm just telling on myself. <laughs> and this is, this is, we need the fear of the Lord. We need the fear, we need the full picture of God, don't we? Because then if we don't have the full picture of God and if we choose just the ones we like, you have now become an idol worshiper. It's not a good ending for an idol worshiper. Do you know? This is what it says in Proverbs chapter 1. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise knowledge and instruction. If it's the very beginning of wisdom, it's the basic thing, we better start asking for the fear of the Lord. You know, it's been over two years, two and a half years that in our prayer meetings, we've been praying that the fear of God hits this church. We pray that the fear of God hits this country. We pray that the fear of God hits this city. 
Because there's many things. If you just do a word search, just look up the fear of the Lord and see all the benefits in the fear of the Lord. It'll keep you on the narrow path. You know, this is, this is what you need to do. You need to be brave enough to pray this prayer. Lord, I'm asking you for the fear of the Lord. I'm asking you for the fear of the Lord. Lord, teach me the fear of the Lord. Teach me to fear you, Lord. Teach me to fear you. Do you think God will answer that prayer? (laughs) If you have courage enough to pray it. The Bible declares that Jesus delighted in the fear of the Lord. He delighted in the fear of the Lord. Here's a scripture that helps us understand the, the same picture of God's greatness and his willingness to fellowship and desire, you know, us to come yes. to him. You know, it, it's, a, it's like a picture of our heavenly father's greatness and of our smallness, yet his willingness again to reveal himself to us and say, but still come to me mm-hmm. in humility and in confidence. It's Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. I love this. It's awesome. It says this, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house would you build for me? And what kind can be my resting place? For all these things my hand has made and so all these things have come into being by and for me, says the Lord. Mm -hmm. Just stop and think of that picture. (laughs) Heaven is my throne, the earth is, you know, my footstool, like, what? Think about it. Go out and look at the starry night and yeah. just consider what he's saying about himself, about his character, and about who he is, about his power. He's like, all these things my hand has made. Like, what can you really do for me? Like, like and you want to go, I don't even know why you want to talk to me, Lord. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what do you even see is valuable in me, Right? <laughs> I mean, just the limitlessness and the vastness of his glory. And then he says this, though. But this is the man to whom I will look in have regard. This is awesome. It's like, yes, there's hope. (laughs) He who is humble and of a broken and wounded spirit Mm -hmm. and who trembles at my word and reveres my commands. There you go. This is the person who God will, his ears will be open to. He's saying, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to know everything. You, don't, you just have to be, you just have to trust that I am God. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> and I have, a, I have a plan and a purpose mm-hmm. for your life. And if you will humble yourself before me and, and say, yes, you know, I need forgiveness. I need you. Yes. And tremble at his word. In other words, I want to obey your word. That's what it means to tremble yes. at his word. Like, you look at yourself and you go, I, you judge yourself. I am so disobedient, but God, I want you to help me to obey. Yes. Like you tremble at what he tells you to do because of his greatness. Not because God's like, I want to pound you. He's a, he's a God of glory and beauty and love. And so he's made a way for us to come into his presence. People who will humble themselves, tremble yes. at his word and fear his commands. Then Jesus said, you know, to pray about when he's talked about the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come. So he was praying, pray your kingdom come. Pray God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. 
So God the Father, again, we, I mentioned this at the beginning, has a, has a kingdom that he's bringing to pass in the earth, a literal visible kingdom on this earth, and a will, his will to be established. And it is already established. Scripture says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled yes. in heaven. It's not up for debate. But so many believers, though, come to Christ, they get saved, but they don't really seek God for his will. They still live by their own will. Yeah. A little piece of it may be here. I know God likes, like when I come to church, but over here where he's telling me to obey in other areas of my life, whatever it might have to do with in relationships and what, how I'm prioritizing my time, my yeah. money. Come on. Uh, I just want to go over here. It's like the Lord is saying, <laughs> your will. When we say, Lord, your will be done on, on earth as it is in heaven, we're asking for the fullness of his will. Because he tells us that when we come to Christ, it actually is a call to die to yourself. That's right. And to live for his glory. And so, so many believers have a little understanding of this outworking of eternity, of what God is doing in the earth. It isn't just about, Lord, make my life better and bless me. Yes, we want blessings, and God does want to bless yes, us. Yes, he does. But your salvation is tied to God's kingdom coming and his will being done for all eternity. I mean, I say it again, Jesus is coming back to establish a millennial kingdom and that we need to be praying about. If it's true that God is limited by what our prayer life is like, then we need to be praying that God bring your kingdom, even so come. Yes. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, bring justice into the earth. Yes. Bring your kingdom. Let me be a vessel that your kingdom and your will is known to the people around me. That's right. Because if we don't understand the bigger picture and what he's working out in and through us and in through the church, the fellowship of the church, then our prayers are just narrowed down. Right. They're self-centered. Like just what concerns me? What's going to make my life better? Make me more comfortable. Give me the job I want. Give me the money I want. The relationship I want. It's, it, you see how narrow down that is mm -hmm. in comparison but to But the that. second half of the Lord's Prayer talks about our needs. But the he first, wants to meet them. You're yes, right. yeah. the first part is about his kingdom, his name, his glory, his will to be done. It's what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all these other yes. things will be added to you. Yeah. Too many people, Christians, don't believe that at all. That's what Pastor Mamie says. What about your time? What are you doing with your time? What are you about your talent? What about your money? What, you know, you look at your checkbook, it'll tell you everything. See, this kingdom that God has and will bring to this earth, he has actually your name written in leadership in that. But what you do now will determine whether or not you even fulfill that. It's you and I being willing to ask God to give us the fear of the Lord. Lord, I want your kingdom to come. Holy is your name. I want your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we can make that really big, can't we? Now, let's put it here. I want your will to be done here yeah. as it is in heaven. Yeah. Zeroes it down a little bit. A little more pressure on you, huh? Yeah. See, there's a battle going on every day, every single day. 
to get you distracted and keep you from understanding these things, to understand the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom, that even all the way back in Daniel, Daniel talks about God giving the kingdom to the saints. This is what we have to awaken to. Not just, okay, my sins are forgiven. Okay, I got 40 hours of work to do. Then I've got to clean the house. I've got to do this. No, let's look at his kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things come back to us. Yeah. We've got to pray so that the lost get found. That light comes and shines in darkness. That revelation comes to the church. And it comes to become where we fear God. We start to fear God. And that, that fear, God, it actually means fear God. <laughs> Tremble at his word. He said, Jesus said, yeah. don't fear man. All they can do is kill you. Yeah. He said, fear, this is the one you should fear. Fear God because he can kill you and throw you in hell. Is that Jesus? It's the God That's, of our love. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> See, it's, it's the, devil's, the devil wants to just set up his own kingdom here. And if we don't pray against that kingdom, if we don't call God's kingdom down here, if we don't start to act like who we are in Christ, then he's winning. And we have a responsibility. We've allowed him to do too much in our lives. You have authority and power over all the works of the enemy. We need to pray his kingdom down here. His will be done. We need to glorify him. Because Satan is here to blind the eyes and the minds of those who are unbelievers. He's doing a good job at the church to tell you the truth. And what is he going to do? He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can keep you from possessing the eternal kingdom, he'll do it. If he can just keep you from being able to be a leader in the coming kingdom, he'll do it. This is where we have to awaken to righteousness and walk in his ways. Because Satan is going he, he's ruthless and he hates our guts. He hates you. And he hates you because they were never forgiven. Angels are not forgiven for their sin. But we are forgiven for our sin. And it just turns him into a rage. So we've got to get ourselves on board with what God is asking us to do. Yes. And the power comes through prayer. Knowing, getting the full picture of God himself. And I believe that as we come to the end of the age, we see birth pains happening yes. in the earth. And we see what Jesus wrote in Matthew 24. And he did say, watch and pray that you be not deceived. Watch and pray so that you have power to withstand all these things yes. and persevere. This is why we invite you to the prayer meetings. You know, we have one Tuesday morning, we have one Wednesday evening. And you might say, well, I pray at home and that's good. I'm, I pray that you are praying at home. But if you're not, as praying at home maybe as you should, come to the prayer meetings because during those times we are praying this way. We are praying our best to pray God's kingdom come and his will be done. It's not just prayer about what our specific needs are. We will pray for those things. And they're important things. We do want God to be blessing people and answering specific prayers for our needs. 
but we totally believe that God is going to keep raising up as the age draws to a close more and more churches that want to pray thy kingdom come thy will be done we want to pray righteousness into the earth because only when the the judgments of God are in the earth will people learn righteousness scripture says that's right but the church God has assigned the church to do that God is waiting on his church to fellowship with him and to consider the awesome privilege that we've been invited, you know, to, to, to fellowship with a transcendent, infinitely holy, good, majestic, awesome, perfect God. And he says, come into my presence, come humbly, tremble at my word, speak my word back to me. And those, the, our prayers actually go up to God like incense before his throne, it says in Revelation. They're everlasting. Those yes. prayers just don't disappear and go somewhere. They're like a sweet savor. It says in the nostrils of God. They're pleasing to Him. And so let's just bow our heads. Father God, we just, we worship you. Yes. We thank you, Father. We worship you and we, we lift you up. We pray, Father God, that your name would be held high and holy the way it should be. And that our own life, Lord, would be a reflection of who you are. Lord, we want to live a life that moves people to see your supreme worth. We do not want to just live for ourselves. We want to live for your worth, your supreme greatness, your beauty. God, I pray you forgive us for just chasing after other things, Lord. Some things are just worthless. Some things just aren't even necessary things that we put in front of you that we don't prioritize. They're just temporal and they are fading away. God, we want to live a life that puts you first. Yes. Lord, you say in your word that heaven and earth will pass away with all its desires, but he who does the will of God and carries out his purposes, his life will remain forever. We want to be those people, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done in our life. Open up our eyes to see what you're asking of us, Lord. Then I pray, Father, that we would bow before you. Yes. In our hearts and say, yes. Yes, you are worth it. We will pay the cost. Because eternity hangs in the balance for some. And even our eternity with you, Jesus, your desire is to reward us, to be faithful in the little things ask you, Lord, let your will be done in our life, in our thought life, our character, our relationships, the way we treat people, our attitudes, Lord. Let our devotion to you, Father, be pleasing in your sight. Yes. Be sincere and honest. Jesus, we thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. The Bible declares that the whole world is under the power of the evil one. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and you've never surrendered to Him, I mean surrendered your whole life to Him, you are actually under the power of the evil one. And He'll manipulate you to a place where you're starting to do the devil's will instead of God's will. The only way to get rid of that is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to have your sins forgiven. The Bible calls it the new birth, being born again, born of His Spirit. You're transferred out of the darkness into God's beloved Son's light. If that's you today, you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm asking you to 
raise your hand high enough that I can see it. Be bold about this. You want to walk away from the devil. You don't want him manipulating you any longer. Anyone in here at all? Okay. Praise God.